Okay, you can be opening up your Bibles to uh, Galatians chapter 3, and we will be continuing our study in the letter to the churches to the Galatians, to the churches in Galatia. Uh, Brother Paul, our Apostle Paul was writing to all the churches that he had been visiting on his first and second missionary journeys, uh, and we've, as we've seen, there were some, did my sound go out? You still hear me okay in the back there? Okay. And there were some issues going on, right? So you had some false teachers, some folks coming in and trying to sway those brethren there in the churches in Galatia away from what Paul had preached to them, from away from the gospel that he had preached. Let's just read, beginning in uh, verse 1 of chapter 3 there, what he has says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He's telling them they're foolish. They're bewitched. They're seeking out something that's of the flesh, right? The law. They're being told that they have to keep this law. They have to be circumcised, right? And sure, those were tenets of the old law, but that law has been crucified. We now live in the Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And he goes on to say, you have suffered many things. Are those just in vain? Was that just stupid? Galatians 5. Turn over there real quick. Let's read what he says there about that. Galatians 5, beginning in verse uh, 1. He says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Do not be entangled again with yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You've become strange from, uh, from Christ, who are who, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. But we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of the righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. So here we have Paul telling the brethren that if you're going to go back to the old law, you've got to keep the whole law, and you can't do it, right? You can't keep the law in the flesh. You are now the Spirit, and if you're going back to the law... You've fallen from grace. You've backslid. You're no longer partaking in the grace that God has offered, partaking in his mercy. So it's a pretty grave thing, isn't it? This is a pretty important thing he's talking about here. He wonders if they've been bewitched, right? Charmed, deceived by someone, right? He says, you've been led astray by some charming teaching some 
some false prophets that have come in and, and said these eloquent words and tried to say, look, you've got to keep these things. You've got to go back. You, it's, it's not about the Spirit. It's about the law. And then he seeks to reason with them, right? He says, was not Christ clearly portrayed as crucified? Did I not preach Jesus Christ and him crucified to you? Did I not preach that as clear as it could be? He says, had they received the Spirit by the hearing of faith rather than the works of the law? Had, that, had not the one who supplied the Spirit done so through the hearing uh, by faith? He had preached to them the gospel. They had heard it. They had believed in Jesus Christ. Not because of the works of the law, not because they had to keep the law, not because they had to be circumcised. It's through the grace of God. They believed what Jesus had done for them. So they're being led away. They're being befooled. They're being bewitched. They're being charmed. They're being deceived, right? Can that happen to us today? <clears throat> Can we be deceived? Can we have similar dangers today? Might someone bewitch and befool us through false representation? Should we not be led by calm reasoning by someone who comes in and says, let me show you what the truth is? No. We got to be on alert, right? We got to be on guard. There are ravenous wolves amongst us today. There is a clear and present danger. I want to read a few verses. I'm going to flip around here a little bit and show you some verses or just we can, so we can read them together about what the Lord and the apostles said about that. Turn over to Matthew chapter 7, and let's begin there. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 15, he says, this is the Lord speaking. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits... You will know them. The Lord says you can see a false teacher by testing them out, seeing what they're producing, what's coming from them. Everything you do bears some kind of fruit. Turn over to 1 John chapter 4. Let's see what John says about this. 1 John chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they have God, are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Okay, there's another statement. Turn over to 2 Corinthians, and let's read something else Paul writes about there. Chapter 11. Beginning in verse, <clears throat> let's begin in verse, uh, let's begin in verse 5, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 11. 
He says, For I consider that I am not at all inferior to the most eminent apostles, even though I am untrained in speech, yet I am not in knowledge. But we have been thoroughly manifested among you in all things. Did I commit sin in humbling myself that you might be exalted because I preached the gospel of God to you free of charge? I robbed other churches, taking wages from them to minister to you. And when I was present with you and in need, I was burdened to no one for what I asked, what I lacked, the brethren who came from Macedonia supplied. And in everything I kept myself from being burdensome to you. And so I will keep myself. As the truth of Christ is in me, no one shall stop me from this boasting in the regions of Achaia. Why? Because I do not love you? God knows. What I do, I will also continue to do, that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. He's got false teachers telling him, telling the brethren there that Paul's not an apostle. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Paul's telling them, did I not do these things because I love you? Beware. There are false prophets out there. We've already studied in Colossians. He warned, he warned of being cheated through the philosophies and of principalities of the world. Of the world. Beware of the world. You're not part of the world. You've been sanctified, set apart. First Timothy. Let's see what some let's see what Paul says to Timothy here. <clears throat> Chapter uh, four. <clears throat> Beginning in verse one. He says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good. Nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. He warns of those in the end departing from the faith. He warns of being turned aside by fables. We've got a lot of warnings here, right? Turn over to 2 Peter there. Let's read something from there. Chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. But there are also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false prostitutes among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought, brought them, bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. A lot of warnings here, not just from Paul to the churches in Galatia. Paul warns the Corinthians. Our Lord warns those in Matthew 7, right? Peter tells us, John tells us, beware, there are false teachers among you. And they're going to be more and more. They're going to keep coming. Satan is at work in the world, and he's not going to stop. Beware. We're constantly beleaguered by traditions of men. I talked about that world, right? Of course, we have religious things. Errors, we've got denominationalism, Catholicism, things like that, that we know teach things that are not 
from the scriptures, right? We're also assailed by philosophies of men. We have today very popular things, you know, that you've heard probably the term humanism, right? I'm sure if you watch the news or watch anything, you may not talk about that in your, with your buddies or your family, but you might have heard of it. You know, that's simply the idea that there's no God. Man exists, therefore man has reason. It's all about man. Humanism. We exist, therefore we think, therefore we reason. We determine what is right for our lives by our reasoning. We don't need no stinking God, right? There's secularism. You hear that a lot too, right? The idea that religion has no part in, in the world of government, in the world of, in our worlds. We shouldn't have religion determining anything about our lives. You've heard, I'm sure, the phrase in America, you know, the separation of church and state, right? Which those will tell you that's part of the Constitution, and that's a lie. It's not. First Amendment says, the government shall put, make no law to impede the free practice of religion. It doesn't say religion can't be part of the government. But that's the way they'll spin it, right? Secularism. We don't need no religion in our politics. We don't need religion in our lives. But what I think, postmodernism, it's all relative. There's no absolute truth. If I decide something's true for me, that's true. If you decide something's different is true for you, then that's true for you. These ideas are prevalent in our society, right? In our world. Even to the point now today, if you do something like disfellowship someone because they've left the spouse and are now living in a homosexual relationship, you can get fired from your job for it. That's happened. Just happened in the last year. Yeah. The world is falling away. The world is evil. We are constantly under attack. Have you ever watched some of the preachers on TV? I don't know. I hadn't done that in years, but I used to flip over there just to see the, some of the things they say, you know. And what do they usually preach on there? It's not so much the gospel, but if you send us money, you're going to be healthy. You're not going to be sick, right? You're going to have everything you ever want if you just send us some money. You hear that a lot, don't you? Yeah. Health and wealth gospel. Completely false. Not part of scripture, right? We're challenged by all kinds of false doctrines, of course. Evolution, right? I don't know if anybody has ever heard of the Jesus Seminar. You see that in your outline. That's a group of men back in the 80s that got together who tried to prove that Jesus wasn't the Son of God. He was just a historical figure, a guy that contradicted Jewish tradition, Jewish law. But he didn't really die for sins, and he didn't really come back. And those who said that he came back were just delusional. Of course, if you turn over to 1 Corinthians 15, and let's do that real quick. You can kind of defute, refute that pretty easily because you just read what Paul says about those who saw him. Beginning in verse 3, 1 Corinthians 15, he says, For I delivered you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scripture, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once. All 500 were 
smoking the weed? Is that what was going on? They're all crazy seeing a vision all at once. Of whom the greater part remain to this present day, but some have fallen asleep. When Paul's telling them this, he, there were still those people around that had seen him. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one out of due time. Now, the only way you can refute the idea that Jesus didn't return, he wasn't resurrected, is to call Paul a liar. Simple as that, right? If you're going to call Paul a liar, how do you know anything he said is true, right? He wrote over half the New Testament. You've got to throw it all out. And then if you're going to throw his out, you've got to throw out the gospel because Jesus is an imposter too. Because he's just preaching what the Lord taught him. What he was taught, right? Through God. <clears throat> yeah, we hear and we believe and we act on that, right? We obey. But to say Jesus didn't appear to anybody, they were all delusional? It don't make any sense to me. I don't know, maybe you can grasp it. But we have that all around us, don't it? And it sounds cool, right? The Jesus Seminar. You know, these guys get together and try to say, I, one of these guys was on TV years ago, some kind of thing, I watched a documentary about it, and he was saying stuff like, you know, well, this gospel, these things weren't, didn't really occur, but this part over here did, you know, and this probably did happen, but this didn't happen. And I'm going, so what are you going to believe then? If part of it didn't happen, part of it did, and this is not true, and this was written by somebody who didn't really see anything, you can't believe anything, Right? You got to believe it all or just throw it out. So, to me, I knew the guy was a false teacher, right? I knew the guy was just saying junk. Yeah, there's a clear and present danger that we face today. We got to be careful that we're not bewitched or befooled. And yet, it happens. We've had brothers and sisters here. That have left us. They got befooled, bewitched, followed something else. It happens. You have to be on guard. How do we do that? How are we on to be on guard? How are we to solve this? How are we to guard ourselves from this clear and present danger? Well, Galatians 3 1, right? We believe that Jesus Christ was crucified for our sins. Not only that, on the third day he was raised up and he appeared to the apostles and many others. And now he has ascended into heaven and he is reigning in his kingdom, sitting at the right hand of God. It's very simple. But that's how we that's how we do it. We dwell on it. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 there. See what Paul says there. Verse 22, for Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, it's a stumbling block. To the Greeks, it's foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. You get this last verse if you don't get anything else out of this. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. 
And the weakness of God is stronger than men. If I go into battle, I want God on my side. Any day, every day, right? <clears throat> that's how we know. That's how we continue. That's how we solve this. Dwell on that fact. Never forget that Jesus was crucified for our sins. Thus the law of Moses with its works cannot save us. It's not the law that saves us. Nor can any doctrine which denies God and the need for Jesus' death. In other words, if you're hearing anything preached other than what Paul said, what the apostles preached to us, you know it's false. There's no other gospel that can save us. Romans 1. What do we get when we hear by faith? We're obedient to the gospel. We receive that spirit, right? We receive the spirit of God. Turn over to John chapter 7. Verse 37. John chapter 7, verse 37. It says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not, was not yet glorified. Those of us who are children of God receive that spirit upon our obedience, right? Upon our repentance and our baptism. There's no other way, no other means which we can grow as Christians except through the spirit, right? Turn over to Romans 8. Let's see what he says there. Verse 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Do you know that? Do you know that you are not in the flesh anymore? Yeah, you're in the world, you have flesh, but you are now in the Spirit. Those who have been obedient to the Lord and become children of God, you are part of the kingdom of heaven, you've been sanctified, set apart, you're living in the Spirit. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Pretty simple. If you're a child of God, you're in the Spirit. If you're not, you're dead because of your sin. Yeah, you're living here. But remember, you're only a vapor. You're here for a little while, and then you're gone. And young people, anybody in here that's over 60, will tell you five minutes ago they were 18 and just getting out of school. Right? It was just five minutes ago, wasn't it? <clears throat> I 
no other means to grow except through that spirit. And we remember who supplied that spirit and worked miracles. Remember? He worked miracles. Who did? Turn over to Hebrews chapter 2 there. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will? We also know that it was true because God was working through the people, first with the Lord, Jesus Christ, and then through the apostles, with signs and wonders, miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit, provided for everyone to believe. Again, you might want to deny that occurred. I didn't go back and find all the miracles. But there's a whole bunch of them in there, right? It didn't just happen one time. It happened many times. In fact, it, and we've read many times at the end of the book of John, he says what? And there are so many other things that happen that I can't write about. But these we write so what? You can believe and have abundant life. You see, the world doesn't understand that, right? They don't get that. That's silliness to believe in God. I, I believe I exist and I can do what I want. I'm going to go for all the gusto I can get. Right? And when I'm dead, I'm dead as a doornail. That's it. We as Christians don't believe that way. We have a hope. We have a hope of eternity with a God that loves us that's going to be so great we can't fathom it. We can't understand it. We don't know. We just know we have the promise, and that should provide us great peace, right? And that should be enough to motivate you to be on guard for those who want to lead you away. Because, you know, it's like, the, I hate to say it, but it's like the dog going back to his vomit, you know, that Christ talked about kind of. You don't want to do that. He poured out the Spirit abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Never forget that God bore witness to, the Christ, to Christ and his apostles. His miracles were confirmed by those who were sent out. Turn over to Mark. I want to read something there. Chapter uh, 16. And I know I'm jumping around a lot. I don't like to jump around so much, but we've got some pretty poignant verses in here that I necessary to read today. Mark 16, verse 19, he says, So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. <clears throat> and they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. When you're serving in the kingdom when you're going out knocking doors or when you're talking to some friend about God, Jesus Christ, preaching the gospel, have you ever thought about that? 
God's working. God's at work. Yeah, you, your mouth is moving. Your hand's knocking on the door. Your feet are walking around. But God's at work. He's working through you. He says here at the end of Mark, he worked with them through wonders and signs and wonders, right? Yeah, there were miracles going on then. We don't need those anymore. We have the word. The Spirit has provided us what we need right here. But when you're at work, God's working. His will is being done through you. That ought to be a pretty awesome thing to think about, right? That ought to be a motivator. Get to work. Or as we said in our theme this year, go and do. Right? I read in 1 John 4 there about being aware of those who are going to fall away at the end and try to take some with them. Then he also goes on to say, the apostles provided this gospel. In fact, let's go read it again just to see for sure what it says. 1 John chapter 4. Right back over there. Beginning in verse 4, he says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Talking about the false teachers, those who are leading people away. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. But, add that word there, we are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. I can't stress that enough, right? You're not of the world. Sometimes we act like we're part of the world, though, don't we? In fact, way too often we act like we're in part of the world. We hear what the world says. We do what the world says to do. And we tend to forget that we're not of the world. We're now of the Spirit. And yeah, we're tempted. Oh yeah, the world tempts us hard. But we're of God. We're children of God. We no longer live by the flesh. We no longer live by what the world tells us we ought to do. Maybe that's the lesson we've got to learn from this, right? Yeah, we've got to be on guard from those of the world, from those false teachers, from those who would tell us, there's no God. Things just evolve from nothing, right? We don't need no stinking religion in our politics, right? We don't need no religion in our lives. We can, we can figure out what we need to do. We don't need a God telling us what's right and wrong because there is no absolute truth, right? It's just what I think is good, what I think is right, I'll do. And as long as I'm not hurting you, as long as I'm not bothering you, We have a civilization, right? I guess you noticed that. There's some problems with it, of course. But we have a set of laws in this country, in our communities. Why? Well, because 
You can't do certain things that you want to do because it affects other people for one thing, but it's just wrong. How do we know that? Well, Paul said in Romans 1 that the Gentiles just knew it by cause of creation, right? By the things created. And then he says, but you had the law. God revealed himself to you, told you what was right and wrong through the law, so you know what's right and wrong through that law. Well, guess what? We have a system based on things that people learn from that law. Did you know that? Yes, we passed down over the ages through different nations and different political ideals, but basically that comes from God. Think about that a little bit. Would you think it was wrong to covet something that your neighbor has if you didn't know the old law, one of the Ten Commandments? Would you think it was wrong to go out on your spouse, commit adultery, if you didn't have the law? Tell you that? Maybe you might say, eh, yeah, I can understand that, but yeah, so what? I got tired of her. I'm going to shack up with this other person. Would you think it was necessarily wrong to lie? Bear false witness if you didn't know the law? Well, I might think, well, I should probably tell the truth. That's probably the right thing to do. But, you know, if I'm just thinking what's true for me, I might have to lie to you to get ahead, right? And that's just one of those things, you know, the ends justify the means. Instead of doing the right thing. Have you thought about that? Many people today have been bewitched and befooled, evident by many different religions and sects of religions and ideas and different types of religions and all that stuff. And man, we're full of that, right? Our moral standards seem to change every day, right? You know, 50 years ago, well, I guess, you know, 50, 100 years ago, they were teaching Bible in school, right? That ended uh, because of that secularism thing. The world is falling away, isn't it? The world's going to pot. But we knew that. The Spirit told us that was going to happen. God revealed that in His Word. But you're not part of that world. You've now been bought with a price. The blood of Jesus Christ has been shed for you. You're no longer yourselves. You're no longer yours, right? You have the Spirit living in you, in your life. That should be your guide. Things that the world tries to teach you. Yeah, we, we can discern. We know, right? We know it's wrong. And so we have to be, as John 1, 1 said, John 1, chapter 1, the Word became flesh dwelt among men becoming a light in a very dark world even in the first century the world was dark been that way ever since sin entered the world the world has become dark because of sin but the Lord our God provided us a way to overcome that and our God is wiser 
than any man. Amen. So, if we don't want to be we'd be wished and be fooled, maybe we need to make sure and make a commitment to follow Jesus and realize he was the one that was crucified for our sins. Listen to him and his apostles and increase our faith. Grow because of our willingness to obey him. Be in the word. Be in prayer. And what else? Go and do. I'm not trying to be an advertisement for Brother Ben and his go and do, and, but it's true. That's what it's all about, guys. That's how you do it. That's how you keep yourself from being befooled, being bewitched. Simple as that. I know it's harder than it is to say it. But that's what it's all about, guys. You know the truth. Truth's been revealed through his spirit. Why wouldn't you be in this every day? Why wouldn't you want to know about this every day? And you know, when you're going through stuff, isn't it so comforting to get in the Word? Have you ever done that where you just, I don't know, maybe the health thing or financial, and you start getting in the Word, and you start having more peace? Do you ever do that? Yeah. He's there for you. He's working through you. I know I'm preaching, but it's true. And I want you to understand that. Our world is going to pot, and we're not of it. We're growing in the Spirit. Remember that. All right. Thanks for being here. Our time is up.